Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Table Talk here at the Philadelphia Sports Table Podcast Show, the longest-running weekly Philly sports podcast show in the world. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Our Table Talk show, yes, back in our regular podcast feed. We usually upload these on our Patreon platform, but we wanted to give you a great Table Talk interview and show this week because we really wanted to take a look at the four major Philly sports teams, the scene with these teams, the trajectory of these teams, and what's going to be happening with them in the future from our perspective. And it is such a pleasure to have on the line with us for the very first time. He is the co-host of the Philly Special Podcast and contributor at The Painted Lines. We have Mr. Victor Williams here this week on Table Talk. Victor, man, how are you doing? Not bad, not bad, guys. I appreciate you for uh, having me on the show. It should be a good time to get into some Philly talk in a time where uh, um, it's nothing but exciting for for most sports. But exactly. I can't wait to get into it. Exactly. Well, I know you're do- you're doing even more than just the Philly special podcast. I shouldn't just say that because you guys do a great job over there and at the Painted Lines too. I know you're a contributor at some other uh, other sites as well too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually I'm a contributor to um, so Overtime Heroics. Uh, I'm the media director of operations over there. I get uh, I'm helping them develop their mobile app and all kinds of nerd stuff um, with them. <laughs> I'm also a, a contributor to Unwrap Sports. Our shows are available over there, and uh, just recently of Painted Lines. Also, we do work with um, the Blue Root, which is strictly just Delaware Blue Coats and uh, summer league and you know roster development of some players that the spotlight aren't really on. And then I of course dive into Eagles. Painted Lines and Sixers Painted Lines, which covers everything across the spectrum with both the Sixers and the Eagles. So we're definitely uh, uh, busy with our show, and there's definitely multiple platforms you can catch it on. So if anybody comes to me and says they haven't heard of our show, they have to be lying because we're everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And follow those platforms on Twitter, The Painted Lines, at The Painted Lines, and also the Philly Special Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter, at The Philly Pod. And of course, follow Victor on Twitter, at the Williams NBA. So with that being said, man, I can't believe it. Nine days, nine days until players report to Eagles training camp, Victor. I can't, I, you know, watching the Phillies team, it's just like, God, we got to get freaking football here. We have to get this Eagles season started. I mean, 
Oh man, I, I honestly can't wait. Based on what we've, like I said, what we've seen from the Phillies, I just got to get away from baseball. Part of me thinks just I gotta, I gotta put it behind me <laughs> this season. I'm ready to move right into this football season. I'd like for us to kind of do an exercise here with the Eagles called "quote things you see happening this season with." and why so this is the first time we're doing this here at the philadelphia sports table victor and you are going to be the guinea pig unfortunately <laughs> so, oh man so thanks for that subject. yeah <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're going to start off with blank is what you see happening with zach Ertz this season and why all right so zach Ertz, i see um, and it could be Zach anything. Becoming, it could be anything, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I see Zach Ertz becoming a 1,000-yard uh, receiver this year again. And the reason why I say that is because I see Doug Peterson actually using a lot of double tight end sets this season. I feel like with the bigger receivers we have now, with, of course, Alshon and now our Sega Whiteside, I feel like he's going to utilize that, especially in the red zone. And he'll be able to have Goddard and Ertz down there in tight slot formation and be able to utilize their tight ends more than any other receivers. And I feel like Zach Ertz is in line for another 1,000-yard season, especially coming off the um, franchise leader of catches and breaking, actually, the NFL record for um, catches by a tight end last year. Okay, well, speaking of receivers, I mean, do you think Matt Collins is out the door at this point? Because I was talking about him on a recent Table Talk show that we put on our Patreon platform actually and i just i love what he was able to do at unc the special teams talent that he brings to the field victor but i just i i I know there's talent there just of course hasn't been able to stay healthy but i'm wondering if he's going to be out the door because of jj um i don't see mac collins out the door per se i think he's i think shelton gibson will be out the door before him just because he hasn't been able to put it together in training camp right and he has drops and you know we saw the sheer burst of speed he had in school and we were hoping he could be that threat um, alongside Nelson Aguilar. But obviously, the Eagles don't feel that way with going out and grabbing Deshaun Jackson again. So I feel like if anybody was going to be out the door, it's going to be Shelton Gibson. Uh, I feel like Mac Hollins, if something wrong happens with J.J. or Aguilar for that matter, I do feel like Mac Hollins is in line. He has shown to be able the ability to separate and get possession and be able to also burn his, uh, his, his defensive back. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. And last year was an interesting topic for his injury because it seems like it was kept under wraps for so long. Yeah. And I felt like one week he was recovering and then the next week he has a setback and then you just don't hear anything for a few weeks. So it is a, it is um, mysterious uh, of his injuries as are most of them in the Philadelphia sports stratosphere. Yes. But, uh, it's, <laughs> Very a, it's true. a, it's a matter of um, can Mac Collins, you know, find himself. I do believe he will be on the roster as far as playing time is concerned. Um, behind Alshon, Deshaun, Arcega, Whiteside, and Aguilar, he might be pressed for playing time. But I think he is next in line if either one of those four uh, have to step away for a while. Okay, moving on to with our exercise here, things you can see happening this season with and why. Blank is what you can see happening with Sidney Jones and why. I feel like uh, Sidney Jones is in line for that starter slot position cornerback role. And the reason why I say that is because I do hear that he is turning some heads in training camp. Well, we hear that every year with Sidney Jones, but (laughs) I feel like uh, this year Sidney Jones is going to be leading uh, ahead of Craven LeBlanc for that for that cornerback role as long as he stays healthy and and keeps everything in check. I do feel like he'll be starting in the slot cornerback role. It is a discussion I do have with a lot of Twitter mates and my Painted Lines colleagues about who is going to start on the outside and in the slot. And it does seem to be interchangeable between the block and Sidney Jones, but I do think Jones will get that nod uh, when the season starts. All right, very good. Next in our exercise here, blank is what you can see happening with Brandon Graham and why. 
Uh, I think Brandon Graham is in line for a nine, 10 sack season this year. I feel like Brandon Graham, uh, the, the defensive line did lose, uh, you know, Michael Bennett and some other pieces, but I do feel like Brandon Graham is going to be that one constant and continually get pressure. Brandon Graham is a big, we have these constant arguments about um, his stats and, you know, he doesn't get sacks, but he gets pressures and QB hits and things of that nature. He's, he's always a constant on defense. If not anything else, I do feel like Brandon Graham will atop at least that nine sack mark this year uh, with Derek Barnett on the other side, you know, still kind of a raw prospect, but this might be the first time he does get that time to shine. But I do think uh, Brandon Graham will overtake that and be the sack leader on defense this season. All right. Well, you named Derek Barnett and he's up next on the exercise. Blank is what you can see happening with Derek Barnett and why. Uh, I, th- I think uh, starter a starter role is in line for Derek Barnett. I feel like he's finally going to be able to start, like I, like I said prior, and the opposite side of Brandon Graham with the defensive rotation that we have now, especially now with them. Um, you know, we have Jernigan and Cox and the addition of uh, Malik Jackson. I think Derek Barnett will will be able to utilize everyone else on that defensive line and be able to find his ways to get to the quarterback. He has been impressive in glimpses last season, and I think this will be his first time getting substantial playing time, and I think he will be able to start this season. There is a lot of pressure that we are not going to see from this Eagles team because of Chris Long not being there. And I'm not saying that Derek Barnett isn't going to be able to step up, but I'm wondering how much he needs to step up to help at least replace some of that talent that Chris Long brought along that defensive line, uh, Victor. Because, I mean, Chris Long, what did he what, did he have like the fourth amount, or, or was he fourth in the league in terms of pressure on quarterback last year? He was top five, right? Yeah, he was top five in terms of the amount of playing time that he got. If you put it on the same pedestal as the other players that got the same amount of playing time, he was top five. But I do think Derek Barnett can, uh, if not meet that, I think he can eclipse that actually because Derek Barnett has a knack nice. for getting to the quarterback, and he yeah. does have a knack for um, getting around his corner. I, if you if you watch closely, he can take as long as he is he's on one on one. Uh, one-on-one with his with his you know offensive lineman and he doesn't get double teamed. Derek Barnett is one of the best pass rushers, uh, not in the league obviously, but he's one of the best prospects of of pass rush that you can find. And I think that as long as he doesn't catch any double teams, he'll be very effective, if not more than Chris Long. All right, very good. We're going to be getting into a lot more Eagles talk here at the Philadelphia Sports Table Podcast Show in the future. But now we are going to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies briefly. They are currently playing first game uh, in the series against the Dodgers right now. Do- Actually, Dodgers just went up two to one on the Phillies. Not surprising at all. But being a Phillies fan, I mean, it's just so tough right now, Victor, because we could just go back to the beginning of the season. There was an energy with this roster that was undeniable. Just really seemed like after that first Dodger series where they were swept, coupled with Andrew McCutcheon's season ending injury, was where like the downward spiral really began. And not only can't we trust the pitching night by night. But the hitting has been so up and down as well. So I wanted to get your overall thoughts on when we started seeing less intensity from this Phillies team, because we've certainly seen less intensity from a batting perspective, and whether or not you think they can actually rebound since they're technically, at this point in time, only three games over 500, eight games behind the Braves at this point. Any thoughts on the Phillies and what you think is going to be happening with them in the future here? So the Phillies are an interesting talk because they're the most bi- bipolar team probably of the of the four that we have here in the city. I feel like um, the the Phillies hit a downward spiral once McCutcheon went down, like you mentioned, and they haven't recovered since. Bryce Harper has been up and down. There's been an argument if he's been worth that contract or not. But as you've seen from the uh, the play of the laser he threw to third base the other night, uh, I, I do believe that he hasn't necessarily underperformed. It's just that the, the surrounding Kaz hasn't been up to par and it makes Bryce Harper look bad. But another thing 
is is the pitching. You know, they haven't had bullpen help at some time, <laughs> exactly. and they've been trying to they've been trying to you know act like that they do <sighs> have that and trying to convince everyone else. And you know, the fans aren't fools, and they know it's not there no matter what happens. Nola has been okay, but you know, he hasn't been uh, you know stellar by any means. And the one bright spot we do have is, is JT. You know, he's still the best catcher in football. I mean, sorry, baseball. Yeah. Long sport. Yeah. <laughs> he is still the best. <laughs> We've um, got baseball on the uh, mind, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he still has uh, the best catcher in baseball. And uh, Franco has been a, a, a lone bright spot hitting his um, 100th home run. Actually, the first one to hit uh, uh, his 100th home run as a walk-off since, I believe, 1918. Yeah. So that's good for Franco. I believe him and JT are the lone bright spots on this team as, as of now. Yeah, exactly. Of course, Reese Hoskins as well. You know, and he's just not getting getting his due in major he's league not baseball. getting his due whatsoever exactly in terms of recognition yeah 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 <laughs> it, it's 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 unbelievable that just the, the national media hasn't like clamored on to the fact that reese hoskins actually having a really really good season but like i find that when andrew mccutcheon went down and some of our friends out there in podcast land have talked about the fact that you know when one guy goes down in baseball and if the whole team collapses because of that there's just there's something wrong <laughs> with the actual clubhouse itself and I find that to be so bizarre Andrew McCutcheon absolutely a veteran leader and he was absolutely needed out there Victor but I do find it weird that you have so much more talent on this team and they just weren't able to rally around the fact that they didn't have that veteran leadership and I think it just says a lot about the team because listen there are other sports where when guys go down it depends on the position of course but, like, say, hypothetically speaking, you have, okay, who can we say Andrew McCutcheon is kind of like with regard to the Sixers? I mean, it might be like if, uh, oh, man, who would you, who would you equate <laughs> if, him if with? A, if, a, if a Mike Scott went down. If, like, a Mike Scott went down or something like that, it's not going to completely implode the team because you have so much other talent around them. And that's what confuses me about the Phillies. He should have definitely not been the domino that made the rest of them fall. If anything, as long as you have Bryce Harper on this roster, you should be able to contend with anybody on this team. And just the fact that when McCutcheon went down and then it seems like the Phillies gave up at that point. And I see, you know, you see some instances where you're like, okay, the Phillies finally got it together. They're finally going to come back and then they fall and let another lead go. Like the other night they were up three, two and they, and they let that game go for whatever reason. (laughs) So it's just a matter of, of why did they let McCutcheon, be the domino why did they let that be a snowball effect like it's not like Bryce Harper went down you know McCutcheon of course is a good player but he shouldn't have been the 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 straw that broke the camel's back (laughs) absolutely Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers here. Of course, they are definitely one of the most interesting sports teams of that. the four. No, yeah, <laughs> I mean, dude, this offseason has just been unbelievable. You have the draft, and many of us in Sixers Nation are going like, what the hell's going on, Elton Brand? What, what are you doing here? You know, yeah, it, 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 it all makes sense, right? Exactly. Then free agency <laughs> comes, and we're like, oh, okay. Eyebrows are raised. Intrigue is upon us here, and we are so looking forward to this coming season, Victor. And you know, I, I'm, I'm still concerned, and I think a lot of other fans are concerned about the shooting. And if we're truly going to be relying maybe on Al Horford to make you know 40 percent of his three point shots this coming season, that could potentially be an issue. Yes, this is essentially a new and improved Sixers team. But how do you see the contributions from the bench playing out and helping this team more this coming season than they did last year? So the Sixers roster is definitely 
interesting to look at on paper uh, compared to last season. I'm seeing a lot of people say the Sixers got worse, not fans per se, but a lot of people are saying the Sixers got worse in terms of offense because obviously you let J.J. and Jimmy Butler go. But if you look at it from a defensive standpoint, I'm not sure who are going to be able to to score on this team when you have Joel Embiid and you have Al Horford and then you have uh, Josh Richardson there who's a good defensive prospect in himself. And of course, you have Ben Simmons. And even if Joel Embiid comes off the court, he finally has that insurance to be able to maybe sit for eight to 10 minutes instead of three and having another center be negative, you know, 180 in the in the three minutes that Embiid has to breathe. And I think that when Al Horford can slide to the five and Tobias can go to the four and Thibel or Zaire can come in and they lose no, they have no drop off on defense. I think that's going to be the most important thing. I do concern shooting in a way because uh, Josh Richardson can create his own shot. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I do. Al Horford, if you if you really look at the numbers, um, Al Horford did hit a higher percentage and hit more threes. Uh, he hit 173 threes last season compared to Jimmy Butler's 167. So it is a matter of uh, can can Al Horford get those looks, though? I do believe that he'll be dragged out to the three point line uh, as as they close in on Embiid. And I do feel like this roster from a defensive standpoint is a lot better than last season's team. You look at J.J. Redick, who got a lot of his offense built through dribble handoffs, and he was literally a liability on defense. If you couldn't hit his shots, he was, there was no need for him to be on the court. And you're going to miss Jimmy Butler's, of course, shot creation and playmaking. But I do believe that they'll be able to make up for it in Josh Richardson and his ability to to play make also yeah i also wanted to get into matisse thibel with you if you didn't if, if you don't mind sir <laughs> because <laughs> of course, man, of course. I, I gotta tell you like i said initially when he was drafted there were a lot of us in sixers nation just like okay 20th pick and it's matisse thibel okay but we've seen what he's done in summer league he's at he averaged 11.6 points 3.8 rebounds, two assists, two steals, 1.2 blocks. He was shooting from he was shooting 43% and 39.3 from three-point range. And he was doing this all in 26.1 minutes per game. I can't wait to see what he's gonna do once this season starts. What are your thoughts on what Thibel's role is gonna be here? So Matisse Thibel, I for one was very, very excited once we drafted Matisse Thibel. He was the one prospect I felt could immediately impact this team. Uh, I knew what his defensive capabilities are. He had 186 blocks last season in college, and from a six-five, six-six wing, that's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty um, very, very good stat from from somebody who plays the three. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Matisse Thibel will definitely be able to contribute this season, paired along with Zaire Smith. A lot of people are concerned about his offense because he only scored nine a game in college. But as he was able to demonstrate in summer league, he did is is able to hit. Um, the three when he's open and and contribute on offense. I think the reason why he couldn't score on on uh, in college rather was because it was a it was a creation of the offense over in Washington. A lot of offense broke down. It was end of shot clock. You know, heave shots, hoping to make it. Matisse Thibel's skills weren't really weren't really catered to to the play style over there in Washington, and because of that, he was forced into some bad shots. But I do believe Matisse Thibel does have the ability to contribute on offense as well as create a lot of blocking lanes uh, for steals and and recovery on defense with his blocking ability also. Yeah, I do think that one area that he's probably going to need to work on, and it really kind of stood out during summer league here, was just his ball handling. I think he definitely needs to improve on that. Would you say that as well? Yeah, he he's definitely can be a little bit clumsy on offense, and he does have to work on his assist-to-turnover ratio if that's a concern of his. Um, the good thing for the Sixers is that I do believe that after Ben Simmons, you now have Shake Milton here and, and Neto if he's going to get any playing time. But um, Josh Richardson and Tobias are going to look to be in that primary 
uh, backup ball handler role also. So unless we're in uh, a code red situation, I don't expect Matisse Thibault to be ball handling much for the Sixers this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, talking to Victor Williams from the Philly Special Podcast. He's also a contributor at the Painted Lines, the Eagles Painted Lines, Sixers Painted Lines as well. Search them out on the interwebs out there. Follow Victor on Twitter at NBA. Now, let's move on to the Flyers. I mean, honestly, we haven't gotten into that much Flyers talk. I know. I mean, it's just... I'm excited that there's a new coaching staff because I actually do think that that can provide some type of spark for this team. But I just... In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, are they going to be pretty mediocre again this season as we see year after year after year? What do you think? <laughs> I do expect the Flyers to be no better than they were last year, to be honest. I know everybody <laughs> was screaming about Hextall and everything last season, and it's just a matter of are the Flyers – and I know this used to be such a great hockey town, but you literally run around. I could remember going on Twitter and people just ripping their hair out over, over the stubbornness of the Flyers, and I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world, but I could tell, like, I wish the Flyers would give me a chance to be a hockey fan, and they don't give me that chance <laughs> based on the mediocrity they display so exactly. hopefully next season they give me a reason to be to be remotely interested in them but as of not i, I don't expect to put that much stock into the flyers next all right season. all right we're gonna move on from the flyers i mean head on over to <laughs> philadelphia sports our podcast we had a we had charlie o'connor from the athletic on this past week talking about the flyers in this upcoming season so you get a bunch of flyers talk there and again apple podcast stitcher google play spotify subscribe to our show there and you can you can hear a lot of flyers talk from this past week's show (laughs) so uh we're gonna end lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This year with our greatest threats, you know, greatest threats to our team's Um, this coming season, of course, with the Phillies this season. So, Victor, who or what is the greatest threat, you think, to the Eagles this coming season? What is that greatest threat? So, the greatest threat, from a team perspective in the NFC, I would have to, oh, that's good. Who is it? Because I can't say the Cowboys because I don't think they're going to be that great. And you can say anything. (laughs) I mean, it could could be a Carson Wentz injury. I mean, it could be an injury to Malcolm Jenkins or something. You know, what could be the greatest threat? There could be so many. (laughs) The only the only thing that can make because everything on paper for the Eagles lines up perfectly this season from this is the most complete roster I could remember ever seeing the Eagles have with maybe the exception of linebacker. But we have Zach Brown who can maybe solidify that a little bit. But I think that if Carson Wentz goes down, there's no we don't have a foes here. You know, it's Nate Sudfeld and not a lot of people put a little a lot of stock into him. And then we have Clayton Thorson who who for what, who tore his ACL at oh. the same time Carson Wentz did. Yeah. So, so yeah. now we have that that to look forward to. I just believe of Carson Wentz. I just cannot wait for the season to start and for Carson Wentz to remind these people who the, who he is because I'm tired of the injury-prone arguments. I'm tired of the no postseason wins arguments. I'm tired of the of the he's not healthy and he can't do this and can't do that. Like I'm ready for Carson Wentz to come into play and remind people who they are. The 82 rating in Madden today displayed everything that they thought of Carson <laughs> Wentz. So, um, right. I just pray that I can't withstand another Carson injury. I can't do it this year. So that's <laughs> a, okay. So that, that that's for you. It's the greatest threat to the Eagles this coming season is another Wentz injury. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Who or what is the greatest threat 
to the Flyers this coming season. Oh, that's definitely themselves. The Flyers, <laughs> the Flyers have to get it. The Flyers have to get it together in, in front office before they can even try to look forward to do anything else. Exactly, that's coming to fruition, I think. But it's still, a lot remains to be seen with regard to the front office as well. So, all right, moving on. Who or what is the greatest threat to the Philadelphia 76ers this coming season? All right, so the Sixers. I don't think it's going to be themselves because I. Well, I have two, if if you don't mind. So number one, um, is Brett Brown able to take the next step and get them over the hump? There was a lot to make of Brett Brown last season. Of he had to coach three different teams and there was midseason trades and the starting five only played 27 games together or 17 games together rather and and there was a lot to make of Brett Brown and what can he really get them over the hump now this year he has a roster where he there's going to be little to none midseason adjustments no additions he has a legit season to coach a full roster yes and with the Ben Simmons extension today this roster is is under player control 10 of these 13 players currently on the roster are now under control all the way through 2021 so Brett Brown has some time to coach this full starting five Richardson's 25 Ben is 22 and Bede's 25 and Tobias will be 27 in July so there's no reason for for Brett Brown to not be able to get them over the hump he showed some promise last season um, in the Toronto series, as well as Brooklyn to adjust, you know, which he didn't display in the season prior in the Boston series. So right. He did show some growth. And the only other threat to the Sixers in the East would be Giannis. He's really the only threat I can see this year until Kevin Durant returns. Um, with the departure of Malcolm Brogdon and Miritich, however, I'm not sure what to make of the Bucks. They still have Middleton, who got maxed. Isn't worth the max, in my opinion, but that's another conversation. <laughs> and then, of course, on the West is uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That defense is going to be something else. You drive up the court and you see you see Kawhi Leonard. You get a switch and Paul George is there. You have to switch off him and Pat Beverly is there. There's no way to get around that defense. So so there's quite a few threats to the Sixers this season, but they are positioned to be number one in the East as long as they do what they're supposed to. Absolutely, completely agree with you. So I guess we'll end it here with who or what is the greatest threat to this current Philly season. <laughs> uh, there's a lot to pick from. I mean, there's yeah, a lot it's, to it's, pick from. It's legit. It's legit. The bullpen, like the, 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 <laughs> the pitching, the pitching, like, like nearest had no reason to give, to give games away. And uh, Nola is the one ace we have. And the, the Phillies, I know it's a little late now. We should have signed uh, Kimbrell and those other guys earlier in the season when everybody was screaming to, but it's a little late now. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's too, too late to kind of, kind of throw a bandaid on something, you know, the, Water, the water's leaking, and they're trying to stop the leak, and it's, and it's just keep coming. And I do think that uh, the, the, the the Phillies will make the playoffs, but I think the bullpen is going to do them in before it's all said and done. All right, very good. Again, Victor Williams from the Philly Special Podcast, contributor at the Painted Lines. Follow him on Twitter at vwilliamsnba. And Victor, man, it was great having you on. And I'm hoping that you're able to come on down the road. Of course, man. Of course, man. I want to do a lot of things together uh, when the season, especially when the Eagles and Sixers start. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun time. I'm gonna have a lot of, a lot to talk about. So I'm gonna be running in your guys' mentions for a while. <laughs> oh, nice. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. I'm looking forward to coming on your show at some point, hopefully down the road. And uh, course, let's keep course. this going, my friend. Of course, of course. You guys have a, you guys have a, a great show, great demographic, and like you told me prior, you're the long, one of the longest running ones. We just started our <laughs> podcast uh, in January, and I thought we were doing pretty well until I spoke to you. So, yeah. oh no, keep it going, man. Keep it going. We are all in this together. Heck yeah, man. I do appreciate you. Thank you guys uh, uh, for letting me come on. It was a great time, and I'm always down to talk Philly anytime you guys need me. Oh, it really was great having Victor on for the first time. Man, that was a fun discussion. And uh, if you want to hear our Table Talk interview shows in the future, head on over to patreon.com slash Philadelphia PST. Again, patreon.com slash 
Philadelphia PSD. It's where you're going to get all the table talk interview shows on a weekly basis. You're also going to get some other random content here and there. Eric and I, and I think Len as well, going to be reviewing some movies in the future. Some old movies, some new movies. We've got some YouTube video critiques that we're going to be getting into. So our Patreon platform is where you can hear all that really cool content. So head on over again to patreon.com slash Philadelphia PST. For all you Philly sports fans and those who love all things Philadelphia sports table, head on over to patreon.com slash Philadelphia PST and help support the Philadelphia sports table podcast show. But most importantly, to get additional podcast content on a weekly and monthly basis. For just $5 a month, we'll take you inside the world of sports on a weekly table talk interview show and give you even more banter from the guys with additional podcasts throughout the month. Be a part of our Philadelphia Sports Table community at patreon.com slash Philadelphia PST. I love that promo. And every single time I listen to it, I go back to a tweet that we read from one of our listeners where he's like, uh, Jeff, it sounds like an ED commercial that you guys are uh, doing here. And it it does. <laughs> that music is fantastic. <laughs> Maybe not that fantastic. But anyway, follow us on Twitter at Philadelphia PST. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffrey underscore Warren. We'd love to have you following us there. Subscribe to our podcast show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly, greatly appreciate a rate and review of the show. It does help out. Uh, the show in general in terms of uh, getting in front of more individuals and the masses out there in the Philly sports world. So that's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Next time.